If you type into Google, how do I teach my dog to love his crate? You will get 225 million results. So it's a popular topic, but today we're gonna be just a touch contentious and we're talking about the difference between crate training and crate abuse. Parenting your much loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one size fits all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr. Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi, welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. And today we're going to be talking about a pretty hot topic, and that's the difference between crate training and crate abuse. And there is a big difference. So this has the potential to be a contentious subject. Anything with abuse in the title is always going to get a few people people's backs up. But I think it's a really important topic. I'm a member of loads and loads of dog training groups on Facebook and other social media forums. And I see the same questions from dog parents, owners, guardians, whatever you want to call us, coming up over and over again. And this is one of them. How do I crate train my dog? Or I'm trying to crate train my dog, but I'm having this problem and this problem and this problem. And I think that crate training, you know, full disclosure, I crate train my dogs, but I crate train them. I don't crate abuse them. And that's what we're going to be thinking about today. So a couple of fun facts just to kick things off. So crate training is actually banned in a lot of countries um, and that might surprise some of you because I think recently in recent years there's been a big push especially on social media um, in terms of you know encouraging people to crate train their dogs and there are lots of good reasons for that which I will go into in a minute but it is actually banned in some companies and um, companies countries and I think that's quite an important fact because it does show how this is um, a very kind of strong subject for a lot of people and that actually the, the fact that it's banned makes us kind of question, ooh, if, uh, if that's the opinion of some countries, then, you know, maybe there's something behind this. Um, I know that crate training is really popular in the United States. It's becoming more popular in the UK and other parts of Europe as well. I'm not actually too sure on the figures from other parts of the world, but certainly in those few places, it is something that's done quite routinely and kind of recommended by breeders and rescues and all those kinds of places. So, Another fun fact for you <laughs> is that if you type how do I teach my dog to love his crate into Google, you will get 225 million hits. So that is how popular this question is. <laughs> so we're going to get started just thinking about why it's useful. And these are some of the reasons why I crate train my dogs with the emphasis on the train. So for vet visits, if your dog ever goes in for a procedure, an operation, or they hopefully this never happens, but they get injured and they need to spend some time in the vets, maybe overnight, maybe for a few hours, they will be in a crate. They are not going to be roaming around. And actually, if they've had some experience of being in a crate, that is a way of helping them. Because being in the vets is a stressful situation, especially if you're in pain or you're confused or you've got having medical tests done to you, which might be uncomfortable and you're in a new place and scared away from your owners. Adding an extra component of being locked in a crate when you never have before can be really frightening for some dogs. So actually having some experience of that and being comfortable and happy in there can only help them in that situation. 
It's also fantastic for keeping young dogs safe. And I say young dogs because some of the things we're going to be talking about in a second are specific to young dogs in the main. But there are also some older dogs who do exhibit some of these behaviours as well. So it's really good for those dogs as well. And some of those behaviours are things like chewing things they shouldn't have and maybe ingesting things they shouldn't have. So let's say you've got, I don't know, a 12-week-old puppy and you need to pop out for a couple of hours and you know that when your puppy is unsupervised they are likely to chew through wires or to pick things up off the floor or the sofa if you've got a big dog and eat them and no matter how much you have puppy proofed your house that keeps on happening and actually in that case having your dog in their crate for an hour while you pop out is a safety thing it's keeping them safe maybe they're in in there with something safe to chew on like a kong or something like that obviously nothing is choke proof at the end of the day but you make that decision as to what you leave your puppy with but you know that when they're in their crate without their collar on which is an important thing um, that actually they are safer than they would be roaming around your house on their own so for safety for your dog also thinking about management and safety if you've got a young child or a baby maybe you're teaching your dog and your child that they can be in the same room together but they don't need to be physically touching and again that comes down to safety for the dog as well as the child because it means the child's not pulling tails and poking dogs when they're on their beds and things like that and also the dog isn't getting overexcited and nipping the child let's say so a fantastic use for if you've got young children um, or maybe even elderly relatives or something like that maybe your dog gets very overexcited and exuberant when people come to the house but when they're in the crate you're able to drip feed a little bit of food in there just while they calm down and then they can come out and say hello to guests so useful for a little bit of management but the key there is that they're for short periods they're not in there for six hours while your guests are here for example The other thing that I like to use crates for is for a calm space or a safe space for your dog so if you've got a very nervous dog or maybe you've got lots of dogs in the house or lots of people in the house and actually they love their crate and they take themselves in there for have a little rest or just to get away from people and actually that's something I do in my house the crates are always available to my dogs and the door is always open so they can go in and settle in there on their own if they go in I don't go and shut the door (laughs) it means they can come and go as and wish they as and when they please so that can be a really really useful way of using a crate as well It can also really help, especially with young dogs, to encourage them to sleep. Hands up if you've got a puppy who fights sleep. And when I say a puppy, they could be two, like (laughs) a young dog who just wants to be involved in everything. And even though you can see that they are so tired and that they're really (laughs) being quite troublesome and doing some of those behaviours that maybe you don't want them to do because they're overtired just like a toddler but they will not settle and sleep now that means you've probably got a bit of work to do in, in terms of teaching them that but it can be helpful if they will settle in their crate maybe with a frozen carrot or a kong or something that you can pop them in there and that can let them have an hour's sleep let's say that they maybe wouldn't have had if they were out and of course as they get older you transition them out of there but that can be something that's quite helpful as well 
And there are many more, but the last one I just want to talk about is for dogs that resource guard. So if you have a multi-dog household with, with lots of dogs, or maybe you've got a dog that resource guards against people, and what we mean by resource guarding for anyone who's not familiar is when your dog has something that could be food, a chew, or it could be something as innocuous as a tissue, and you pass by or you maybe try to take it from them and they really don't like that, they feel very uncomfortable and they might growl or snarl or even try to bite you. So in those cases, let's say for example you've got a dog that guards their possessions against another dog, if you're going to give them a really delicious bone to have a chew on for half an hour, maybe you'd give them the option to have it in their crate so they can be in there, the other dogs may be in the kitchen or in their own crate and no one gets stressed and no one gets anxious. So as you can see, I really believe there are some fantastic uses for crates. But I'm going to move on now just to thinking about the difference between all of those things and then when it turns just a little bit abusive, and there's lots of ways of thinking about this. So your f the first thought that comes to mind when thinking about crate abuse is the amount of time that a dog is crated for. Now, I'm not gonna give you a figure, I'm not gonna say oh, this amount of minutes or this amount of hours turns into abuse because at the end of the day, it comes down to what you're using that crate for. So let's say, for example, when my puppy was eight weeks old when she first came home and she's quite a high drive dog, she really struggled with settling and with sleeping on her own. So I would put her in her crate multiple times a day, but for a very short period. So if I could see that she needed a sleep, she'd go in the crate in the same room as me, blanket would go over the top so it was nice and dark, she'd have a chew in there and then she'd fall asleep. Now I was just a few feet away so I could hear when she was starting to stir and when she was starting to wake up and it might be that she slept for half an hour and then she came out maybe she'd sleep for two and a half hours and then she'd come out but it wasn't just a case that I was just popping her in a crate in the garage for example going to another part of the house and just leaving her there for four hours in the middle of the day it was very much me kind of judging what schedule she was on was she starting to stir was she starting to wake up but it allowed her to have that little bit of rest so there's no set time when it comes to it but it's just thinking about what you're using that crate for so I'm going to start with the one that actually disturbs me the most and this might sound strange but this is, comes from kind of old school kind of punishment based dog training really not something we subscribe to at Paws Up Dogs as I'm sure you know by now and this is thinking that actually people used to and still do put their dog in their crate for let's say 22, 22 and a half hours a day out of 24 and that dog would only be brought out of the crate for a few minutes at a time, let's say 10 minutes, to go to the toilet and to train. And the thinking is that that means that because your dog has no other stimulation, that when they get to see you, they'll really engage with you and really engage with the training with you because they know nothing else and that's the thing that's fun for them. Now, just for a second, just imagine if we were doing this to a human child like it's unfathomable that we would leave a child locked in a room and only bring them out for 10 minutes at a time for a couple of hours a day so that they would only interact and form a strong bond with us like it just doesn't make sense and people might say oh well you can't draw similarities between humans and dogs well actually you can because so much research has proven and shown that dogs have incredible intelligence far more than we ever thought was possible and this research is growing all the time we'll do another episode about that in the future but 
actually we are both sentient beings we both have emotions and feelings and physical and emotional needs that need to be met and shutting your dog in a crate for that amount of time and only bringing them out to engage with you with the hope of building a relationship is going to send your relationship backwards (laughs) so that's the one that really gets to me just thinking about really depriving that dog depriving them of the sights and the sounds of the environments and exploring new places and seeing new things and just being able to be with you and being able to have choose interactions with you and choose to play with you and train with you rather than only being brought out and being expected to at that time so that's if that's something that you have been doing just think about the negative effects that's going to have on your dog's physical and mental health in the long term the second one is actually to avoid interaction. So that's where I mean us avoiding interaction with our dogs. Now, don't get me wrong, I know how stressful and how tiring it can be, especially to have a new puppy, but also to have a new rehome dog, or maybe a dog you've had a few years. If your dog's very intense, if they struggle to settle, if they need constant interaction, if they bark a lot or they whine or they're constantly getting into your things or chasing your cat or whatever it might be, it can feel like a lot. And it can be tempting to think, oh gosh, I just need a break. You just need to go in your crate. Well, I suppose we all need a break sometimes and there's nothing wrong with giving yourself a 15 minute or a half an hour break but if that is what you're going to do and that is how you're going to manage in that situation then please give your dog something to do in their crate give them a chew give them a toy give them something they can safely get on with on their own have that little time out that you need better than punishing your dog and then think okay so what do I need to do to change up this situation what training do I need to do what support do I need to get What help do I need to enlist for myself so that we are able to spend more time together? So it's about planning for the future so that this situation doesn't happen again and again. Because by all means, give yourself a break. As I said, it's far better than punishing your dog or, you know, arguing with your spouse or whatever it might be. But it's not fair on your dog to just be put in their crate over and over again because we're not coping with that situation. We need to think about how just to change things up just a little bit. The third one is really thinking about physical stuff so the size of that crate so there's a lot of advice that will say oh you know when you're uh, when your puppy's little and you're crate training their crate shouldn't be much bigger than you know than being able to turn around for toilet training purposes <laughs> that for me if you really think about that your crate shouldn't be much bigger than the ability to turn around I wouldn't want to be in a space that small that's quite claustrophobic actually so if you are using your crate to help with toilet training and I do have my puppies in crates overnight I actually have that crate in my bedroom I have it next to my bed at eight weeks old up until probably about 12 weeks old I start to move it a bit further away from my bed and what that allows me to do is that allows me to be less than a foot from my puppy and when they are really little eight nine ten weeks I can hear them stirring in the night I don't know three o'clock four o'clock I know that they've woken up and that will probably mean they need the toilet because that's what happens to all of us when we wake up in the night and so I'm able to quickly and quietly open that crate pick that puppy up carry them into the garden let them do what they need to do back in the crate and everyone goes back to sleep because that way I'm meeting my puppy's needs before they need to scream and shout at me and tell me that they need to go out 
I don't have to keep them in a tiny, teeny little crate where they can barely turn around. They can stretch out and have as much space as they need. They can choose to sleep at the front, the back, the side, diagonally across the middle. They basically get more freedom and more space. And that just feels just a little bit kinder to me. Okay, and last two that are really important. The first one is thinking about, sort of similar to what we said before, but actually, is your crate replacing interaction with you? Is it replacing enrichment from the environment and puzzle toys and all those things that we know that we should be doing and we should enjoy doing with our dogs, giving them little exciting things to get on with in the day? Is it possible that actually your dog's going in their crate when they could just be in the kitchen with a to- empty toilet roll or kitchen roll full of kibble or an egg box full of kibble inside another box that they get to rip open and explore that could take them 10 minutes or a frozen Kong or a frozen hoof stuffed with something that they could be chewing on for half an hour or an hour rather than just being alone in their crate awake. So really think about Am I just using the crate as a replacement for what my dog could actually enjoy a little bit more? Does it have to be a crate? Could they be in a pen? Could they be in a safe area? Could they have that little bit more space and that little bit more freedom? Am I able to supervise them? Could they be on a really long line attached to my waist? Or could I enlist a neighbour or a friend or a family member to just look after them for an hour so that I can get on with what it is that I need to do? So really think about, are there alternatives to your crate? Is there something else that we could be doing and the last one the most important one of all is when that crate is really used for punishment and I've seen lots of examples of this online and it's really quite difficult to watch and that's when the dog does something that we don't like and we say you're going in your crate and we maybe get them by the collar or the scruff of the neck and we shove them in or we say get in your bed or get in your crate and then we slam the door shut and pull the cover down and storm off bang 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 now as I was saying earlier we're all human we all get angry you know we know we shouldn't but it happens sometimes but as the adult human in that situation it is our responsibility to check ourselves at the end of the day it's our responsibility to feel all those angry feelings and think they are a dog or a puppy a baby dog and they don't know any better than what I've taught them so actually let me take a second let me take a deep breath in and out maybe I'll go into another room and silently scream into a pillow readjust my energy and come back in and think about how to rectify that situation because if you want to crate train your dog for all those wonderful reasons that I suggested at the beginning the reason why crates can be fantastic then you might have done all of that wonderful work and then that one or two times that you grab your dog by the collar and shove them in their crate or shout at them or slam the door and storm off you've ruined all of that good work and you're making that crate into a scary place and you might think oh my dog looks guilty they've got that guilty look on their face they're not they're actually scared of you they're worried they're frightened by your energy by your raised voice by your stamping feet by your slamming of the crate door all of that stuff so if you do want to have your dog to have a good relationship with their crate and you do want it to be useful please please don't ever use it to punish your dog that to me is abusive that is using your power to scare your dog to intimidate your dog and to force them into a small space because you can't better manage that situation and I don't think that's okay that wouldn't be okay for a human and it's not okay for an animal so I can get off my soapbox now but that for me is the real difference between crate 
crate training and crate abuse. And abuse sounds like a strong word, but abuse doesn't have to be slamming someone against the wall or hitting them. Abuse can be using, you know, your power, like I just said, psychologically abusing someone, abusing someone's emotions, making them feel scared or vulnerable or frightened. And it can be really subtle things, like you might not be screaming at your dog, but you might maybe push them a bit too roughly into your crate because into their crate because you're feeling frustrated or something like that. Or maybe you have left them in there just for too long because you thought, oh, I'll just do this thing and this thing and this thing and then your dog gets to the point where they need the loo and they start crying and screaming and that's another one actually you know this idea that we should just get a young puppy or a young dog and put them in their crate and leave them in another room and let them scream until they give up I mean again listen to that how does that sound does that sound ethical does that sound kind I wouldn't like that if that were me (laughs) so like I said I have my dog next to the bed I'll have put a lot of effort into crate training making that crate fun and exciting and doing loads of crate training games of which you can find many online and we've got loads on our website if you want to check them out and it's just thinking about how can I make that crate super fun and then in the evening in the nighttime maybe when we're using it to sleep it's next to my bed it's nice and safe they can smell me I can dangle my hand down next to the crate they know that I'm nearby rather than just leaving that dog in another room to get distressed and to scream and shout because some dogs will give up eventually some dogs will scream all night but ultimately that dog is learning when I make noise to try and get mum or dad's focus and care and for them to tell them that I feel scared or frightened or I need the toilet or whatever it might be actually they ignore me they just they, they don't want to know they leave me here to be scared on my own and for me that doesn't sound like ethical force-free training okay I hope that was helpful guys I'd love to know your comments do leave us a review let us know what you think of the podcast hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and I look up look forward to catching up to you soon take care Hi again guys, if you would like to know how to do crate training in a nice, positive, force-free and fun way, then do make sure you grab our crate training guide, I Love My Crate, which is what it's all about. Link in the show notes. Speak to you soon.